Well, good morning, Lindsley Avenue. It's good to see everybody here. Good to see our visitors. Good to see faces that uh, we all know and love. Because when we come inside these doors, we really should follow the message of the songs that we were just singing. The sign on the front door says, all are welcome, and that's going to remain true, I'm going to predict, as long as this building stands. So thank you for being here. And Knowles, uh, good to have you with us as well, even if it's a couple of hours later. You're as much a part of us as if you were sitting right here, so we love all of you. Uh, this morning, uh, the message of the songs has been love, and we're going to get to the topic of love. But we're starting off here, we're going to look and talk about sheep. So I have a question. I'm going to choose Max. What noise does a sheep make? That's entirely correct. The sheep makes the bah noise, right? So I decided I'm going to have that heading be bah the rest of the morning. I wanted to make that be the title of the lesson, but I don't think Robbie really wanted to put that out on Facebook just saying bah, right? So that's why I put sheep. But I thought I would put one more time. All right, one more time. Sheep are a very common animal in the, in the Bible, yet really not so common around here. I mean, I think I've been in the presence of sheep once or twice in my life. They're, I mean, anybody, we're not on the video here, but anybody have sheep in their backyard? I really wouldn't imagine so. I mean, some people I know might have some chickens. Do you? Yeah, we have sheep growing up. That's, that's, that's fabulous, right? So we have a sheep expert with us this morning. It's just not very common. If we were living 2,000 years ago, almost everybody would have had daily interactions with sheep, certainly in the land of Israel, where the Bible is, is focused. So it's not a very common thing around here. Possums, yes. Right? And it's getting to be that time of the seasons where the possums want to play dodgeball with our cars, so watch out for that. But the word sheep or lamb, same thing, right? Sheep or lamb occurs 389 times in the Bible. To me, that seems like a lot. 389 times in the Bible. So it is a very common thing in the Bible. So I want us to spend just a few minutes this morning looking at what the Bible says about sheep. I think what we'll see is much of the time that's referring to us, to you and me. So let's take a look. First is in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 36, our first passage this morning. Matthew 9, 35, 36. And we read, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The basic problem 2,000 years ago in the land of Israel was the religious leaders just made rules and regulations that they attempted to keep and yet made no real effort to help those of us who were not religious leaders figure out how to deal with all these rules and regulations. It led to thoughts of, well, if this is what I have to do to be right with God, then who can be saved? I can't do all of these rules and regulations. You know, I'm afraid sometimes, we talked about this a bit last week, that can be how people feel today. 
rules and rules and regulations and all these different things that we have to do in order to be right with God. Well, Jesus had compassion on people who felt like God is so distant, there's no way I'll ever be able to approach them. He specifically calls them sheep without a shepherd. Now again, not having been a shepherd, you would tend to think that if you had some sheep and no one's looking out for them, there's not a pen or there's not a place where they're going, what do you think's going to happen to them? I suspect they're going to spread out. They're going to just wander. Some animals need to be led to where there is water, where there is food. They need to be tended, right? looked after. And so Jesus is seeing the crowds and he's comparing the crowds, Matthew tells us, to sheep that are just wandering without any kind of leader, without a shepherd. And that bothered him. He felt compassion for them because they were needing guidance and weren't getting any. In the parallel account in Mark 6, we see what Jesus does after seeing the sheep as being without a shepherd. What does he do to have compassion on them since they were without a shepherd? In Mark 6, verse 34, the continuation is that he, Jesus, began to teach them many things. He wasn't teaching them the way the religious leaders of the day had been by giving them all sorts of laws. You can't go on a Sabbath day with more than two needles in the hem of your garment or it's work. You can't do this. You can't do that. We talked, remember, last week. You can't empty a person into heaven. You can't get rid of evil things and get somebody to be right with God because you're empty when you get rid of all the evil things, when you get rid of all these rules and regulations, you have to fill it, that emptiness, with good. And Jesus does tell people to go and sin no more, but he tells them positive things. Love God and love your neighbor. He fills that emptiness, which very likely is what these people had been feeling with just hundreds and thousands of different rules and regulations that the scribes and Pharisees and the religious leaders had put on them, he fills that emptiness with pretty basic teaching. Focus on loving God and loving your neighbor and you really are going to have most of what you need. Another passage, Matthew 9, uh, Matthew 12, 9 through 12, he, Jesus, went on from there and entered their synagogue. And a man was there with a withered hand. I don't know exactly what's wrong with the man's hand, but it is not useful in the way most normal hands would be useful. Right? And they asked him, they here, this is going to be the religious leaders, other people who are in the synagogue. Uh, they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Here's this man that's got a physical problem. It's the Sabbath day. You weren't supposed to do any work. And remember, they had made all these rules and regulations Defining work to the nth degree. Now, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? Here's this man who's suffering. Should you heal on the Sabbath? And Matthew fills in their motivation later on. He says, so that they might accuse him. And if there's one thing that gets Jesus angry, it's being set up. Right? Being set up to make a point, to win an argument. So it continues. He... Jesus said to them, which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? 
technically, that's a violation of the same rules and regulations that they would have been trying to get Jesus on the hook for violating. To an extent, that is work. Lifting a sheet, right? If you were just going to sit down on the Sabbath, I guess do some bench lifting. You just lift the sheep up and down all day. That's work. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. You're not going to get me on this because every one of you, if you have some sheep and one of these animals is in trouble, you will go out and help that animal, whether it's the Sabbath or not. And that's, this is something they would have been doing. Look at the next statement Jesus makes. How much more value is a man, is a woman, than a sheep? You would help a man, a sheep, an animal, on the Sabbath day and not think twice about it. And yet you want to make something out of trying to help somebody. I've always used this as a perfect example, right? Coming to a worship assembly is important. We come here to get recharged, to get refocused, to encourage one another. And we've talked about that. It would always be proper and good to be helping somebody if you can't make it here. Now that doesn't mean schedule all your appointments to cut the, the grass of the older lady in the neighborhood on a Saturday morning. Sorry, you know. Oh, the next week I'm going to be doing their gutters. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you see somebody in need. Driving into Lindsley, driving into where you usually go on a Sunday morning. Somebody on the side of the road looks like they need help. What's it? Sorry. My congregation starts in a few minutes. I don't know. You see somebody out on the sidewalk having a problem. You help them. Look at his conclusion. So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. The Sabbath was intended for rest. God intended people to reflect upon what he had done for them and not be chasing after profit, not be chasing after normal work. That did not mean to exclude helping people. They were already helping their animals. How much more value are you than an animal. Look at Matthew 18, 11 through 14. It starts off, it says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones. The little ones here is talking about our children. The chapter and the context is, let the little children come, right? Let the little, this is the kind of what the kingdom of heaven is all about. You need to become like a child in order to get into the kingdom of heaven. God's looking for simple faith in following him. So don't go despising one of these, just a kid. Don't do that kind of thing. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. I'm really not sure exactly what that means. That's not the point of today's lesson. Come back in about seven years and that'll be when we talk about that one. But don't despise these little ones. That's important because he references it again toward the end of it. Look at the, what he says then. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, one of them wanders off, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains, kind of where they're supposed to be, grazing? Does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that never went astray. So it is not the will of my Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Talking about children, right? 
the specific context, but that applies to each and every one of us. Because I will argue again, we need to become like children because that's what the kingdom of heaven really is all about. That simple faith. God rejoices anytime one of his children who had wandered off comes back. He, he, he's very happy with people who are his, his children, who do what he asks them to do, who love him and love their neighbors. He's very happy with those who will uh, do a simple, who contribute. I mean, he's very happy about the 99. But I don't know exactly how, but he's even more happy when one of his children who's wandered off comes back. Just like Jesus is saying here that the shepherd would have been so happy to find that missing sheep. Basic point. God loves the 99. His heart is searching for the one who's missing. Now over John 10. John 10, 10 and 11. Jesus speaking here says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The implication here is that before Jesus came, people really weren't living. They were walking around. They, they, were, they, they were alive, but real life. Focusing on the important things. He came once Jesus was here. And then he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Not just searching for the sheep that might be missing, but willing to die that that sheep might live, which is exactly what Jesus did. Now let's back up at the start of John chapter 10. Jesus says, the sheep hear his, the shepherd's voice. And he, the shepherd, calls his own sheep by name and leads them out of the pen, right? He would put them sometimes in a pen, and then he would lead them out toward where there was pasture, places to graze. And when he has brought out all of his own, come on, come on, you know, get some all out of the pen, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Sheep are sometimes kind of, a basic impression is they have the reputation for being a bit dull, not being the brightest animal in the pen, so to speak. Which, if you think about it, it's kind of insulting since we're, we're the sheep. Maybe that's the explanation for why, even though I know to do right, I often do what I want to do anyway. Maybe I am a bit dull when it comes to it. But these sheep know the voice of the shepherd and follow the shepherd. So, since Jesus is the good shepherd, that has a message for me. That I need to listen to Jesus and to follow him. Like he said, follow me. Deny yourself and follow me. And I think denying ourself is all part of that loving God and loving our neighbor. I know you've heard it, but we'll say it again. That campaign, I am second. I remember, for some reason, I remember the Duck Dynasty, Dynasty guys were on there. I am second. And I never saw Uncle, was it Uncle Shy? What was his name? Sophie. Uncle Cy. Never saw him on the billboard, but saw some of the others. I am second. They were always wrong because they're not second. Relax. God first, other people second, me if there's time for it. And in this case, that's what Jesus tells us to do. 
It doesn't say love God and love yourself. He says love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Over in Acts 20, we have another passage that talks about the flock. The flock, the gathering of sheep, right? The multitude of sheep. And the implication here is that this is a flock, a gathering of little baby sheep. Right? It's one thing to have a big sheep. I mean, you know, older sheep. I'm pointing to myself. You know, that's been around a while. Does not doesn't have as much, you know, wool on his head at least as it used to. But when you give a kid, a child, a little animal, do you give them a, like a three-foot stuffed sheep? What do you give them? Who said that? It's Right? And the lamb says what? What does the little lamb say? Bad. <laughs> it says bad. Because everybody thinks the little lamb's cute. I mean, I have trouble. And I'll confess it here. I have trouble wanting to get up and hug the little thing. Well, that's the way God thinks about us. We may look, some of us, well, not, but some of us may look a bit old and decrepit. We're getting close to that. You know, maybe I should get that out of the fridge. But to God, I'm like his little friend. He loves us just like you see that little child hugging on that little tiny furry man. No matter how old we get, we just don't understand. don't understand that he loves us so much he's so intent on wanting us to come back should we wander off there's a great deal to learn in thinking about sheep look at this Acts 20 28 is when Paul has been speaking to the elders the leaders of the church at Ephesus he's not going to see them anymore and he called them from Ephesus down to a coastal town Miletus was the name and he's been telling them that they've got to pay real close attention. Look what he says here. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock. Remember, little lambs, right? Oh, in which or over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. That's what elders are. They are to look after their shepherds. That's another name people will use for an elder. And they're to take care of them, but he says be careful because... Some of you, out of some of you, going to lead some of the sheep astray. It's a horrible thing, right? God puts you in as a shepherd to take care of the sheep, and yet you lead people off. The last thing God wants. That's what he's saying. Please, please pay attention to yourselves and to all the flock. But look how he says it. The Holy Spirit has made you overseers, shepherds, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. How much does God love his people? The price paid was the blood of Jesus. And by the way, there's a distinct statement right there that Jesus is God. Look at the text again. To care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. God was not on the cross, God the Father, it was Jesus. So when some of our religious neighbors may want to knock on our doors, you're going to talk to them instead of hiding behind the closed door. 
This is not a bad thing to pull out because the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. If God is the Father only and Jesus is not God, then Paul really should have been a little more careful with his words, it would seem like. The church of God, which he purchased with the blood of Jesus, that would have been harder to argue with. No, his own blood, antecedent pronoun, I know in which class we all want to shiver at this point. It goes back to God, his own blood. So we make up this flock, the group of people who follow the good shepherd, who saved us with his own blood. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. And the congregation all together said, Amen. We don't do that very much, but next time I do that, that's what we want. Amen. Right? It's okay to all collectively say amen. We are the sheep of his pasture. Throughout the Bible, God views his people as sheep. We need the shepherd. But God as the shepherd looks after us. 1 Peter chapter 2, 24 and 25. He himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you, I, have been healed. For you were, you see the verb tense? You were straying like sheep, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Sheep have a way of straying off, don't they? We do. But last Wednesday night, we saw what I have viewed as the central point of the book in the Old Testament. We don't read very often, but it's the book of Joel. Joel 2.12. Whether we wandered off yesterday or a long time ago, God says, yet even now, return to me with all your heart. God is always concerned with the one sheep who wandered off. Wants the sheep to come back home. Wants the sheep to come be part of his flock once again. So, last slide today. First Peter chapter five, verses six and seven. Therefore, be humble under the mighty hand of God, so that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares on Him, for He cares for you. You wandered away from God. Are you one of the, the one rather than the 99? Have you wandered off from God? It happens. Many of us have wandered away at some point in the past. It happens. I want you to know this today because that's what God says over and over again. If you've wandered away from God, He's looking for you. He wants you to come home. He wants you to come home today. Because he cares for you. If there's any way we can be of help to anyone here this morning, don't let today pass by. 
Your opportunity is right now to come as we stand and sing.